Welcome to On Texas Football Rapid Reaction. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Justin and I are here to talk about the 41-34 loss of the Texas Longhorns to uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, Justin, we're going to talk about our major takeaways from this game. Uh, you know, there are several, uh, no doubt. Uh, yeah. what, what are your two or three that you really want to talk about today? Um, Quinn Ewers or lack thereof, um, the secondary, uh, that's something Texas fans are really going to have to watch <laughs> over the next few weeks. And just the overall tenor of the team, because the expectations for this group were high. They were going in, they went into Stillwater fully feeling like they were going to win this game. And so I, I think this one kind of really knocked them in the dirt. Well, I, I feel like, uh, that's what happens uh, when your, your quarterback goes, what, 19 for 49? I can't remember the exact stats right off the top of my head, but uh, Quinn Ewers did not play great uh, on Saturday. Uh, the defense played well uh, at, in spots, but still gave up big plays, uh, especially when it counted, uh, and uh, the Longhorns lose this game. Uh, but I want to talk not only about Ewers, the ones you talked about, Ewers, the secondary. I also want to talk about special teams because I thought they they stood up. Uh, but generally speaking, it wasn't winning football. You know, I think you combine a lot of factors together, Justin, and I know you agree with this, and we're sitting here talking about a team that's 5-3 and three, that could be 6-2, and 7-1 and one right now. They're making some small mistakes uh, that are, are causing uh, problems. Uh, before we get into it, I need to thank our sponsor, Bertolottis Rodman. At Bertolottis Rodman, it's about the relationships uh, the full-service firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of a startup and comp into complex negotiations to every contract needed in between. Uh, Tim Rodman over at Bertolottis Rodman develops lasting, meaningful relationships that put their clients first. Um, Justin, let's start with Quinn Ewers. He's the, he is the hot topic, in my opinion. 19 of 49, I, I got that right, 319 yards, as you can see uh, by this. I'm surprised it was 319 yards because it felt like at times he was just uneasy in the pocket. Uh, outside of maybe the first couple of drives, he just started – he felt like he was overwhelmed by whatever Oklahoma State was doing uh, in the secondary and, and with their pass rush. You know, it, a lot of times he was getting off. It seemed like good throws, Bobby. It wasn't like he was getting – I mean, there was a pass rush – Oklahoma State's D-line definitely played well, but he was misfiring a lot. And, and you're going to miss shots. You're going to miss those. I know that, that Sark likes to go vertical. He likes to try to run the ball, run the ball, and then try to get, get you over the top. But it, it, the overthrows, 14 recorded overthrows. Uh, you know, you, you hear the term a couple times a game. I don't think those receivers were on the same page. I may have said that a dozen times in the second half. And, and that's not all on Quinn. I don't want to put that all on Quinn Ewers. That's on the offense. That's on the receivers. That's on Quinn. That's on Steve Sarkeesian ultimately. But I just – I've seen this kid for five years, Bobby. I've never seen him so inaccurate. I have never seen him so flustered. And even in that last drive, even with how bad it was – in the second half. And that last drive, he was starting to catch some momentum. 
He talked about it after the game. He thought they were starting to find a little bit of a rhythm, find kind of make that play. He made a great pass to Jatavian Sanders, who winds up, you know, dropping the ball and it gets it gets intercepted. And that was kind of the, you know, the the uh, that was kind of the culmination of the game, honestly, uh, for, for Texas at that point. But um, there's going to be hardships. There's going to be some growing pains. He's still a freshman quarterback a 19-year-old freshman, I think, and I know this is the truth, you know, even we're guilty for building him up as much as we have, but the national media especially, they have just really taken it on, especially after the OU blowout. They've really, you know, start to build him up. And it's easy to, it's easy to, Bob. You've watched him play. We've watched him. The kid is phenomenal. He has generational talent and, and an arm that can hit every blade of grass on the field. But yesterday, you know, I get, you know, being off, having an off day. I get a few plays where receivers are, are, are running the wrong routes. Bobby, that was a bunch of mess ups. That was unexplainable is the way I would put it. Did, did he not look confused to you? He looked confused at times to me. Um, he looked, and- it looked like he wouldn't go on through progressions. This is yeah. a kid that usually reads his progressions. He wasn't. I felt like he was way too – I used to call Chris Sims a premeditated passer. He would, as soon as, I mean, before Chris Sims would snap the ball, he was staring down who he was going to throw to. And defenses, good defenses would generally pick up on that. For Quinn, I think he was too focused on trying to get Xavier Worthy, uh, you know, get him involved because that's your playmaker. And I'm sure Sark's telling him, that's the guy get you get, to get you going. You know, I think they expected Worthy to have a big game. This is a game where he could have really, play, you know, done extremely well but you know four tar 14 targets four catches 10 misses jordan whittington in the second half was open on a handful of plays where he never read that progression jatavian sanders was open on a handful of plays there's he was he was just off kilter and i guess if you're going to be bad bobby you must you better be really bad and that's kind of how quinn i guess that's how you can kind of sum it up yeah, I, I think you you live by the sword, you die by the sword, you know, uh, in that regard. Yeah. At the same time, um, uh, you know, hopefully he learns from this. He's still a freshman. I, I think that people, uh, not only us, Justin, but uh, fans uh, are, you know, want a guy that's supposed to be a true freshman to, to be more than what he is in day one, uh, you know. Yeah. And so these are the first times he's seeing these. I bet it's the first time he saw true bracketed coverage on Xavier Worthy. Right with a safety. This season, yeah, 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 with a safety over the top. That that's what Oklahoma State's doing. It's the first time he's seen any of this. But you don't do that in high school against one wide receiver, so he's never seen that. Um, on top of a pass rush that's coming at you with a bunch of big guys. I mean, I I feel like if we go into this and start just pinning it solely on Quinn Ewers, I think we're missing uh, the 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 point of it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, Texas did have some success in the rush game in the first half. In the second half, when the counter went away, the offense sputtered. 
Um, the, the run game was really helping them in the first half. And then the second half, uh, you know, whatever adjustment uh, Oklahoma State made uh, changed the game in that respect and really shut them down. Texas made some adjustments itself in, on defense that shut Oklahoma State down in uh, the first part of the third quarter as well. Uh, so I know it won't people won't realize this, but Texas and Oklahoma State, I think, both scored just three points in the third quarter. It was the yeah. fourth quarter of Oklahoma. six points. Yeah, it was the it was the fourth quarter where Oklahoma State's senior quarterback finally figured out what they were trying to do and, and get got it going. Um, and I'm going to segue from Quinn Ewers into um, into what I want to talk about with the secondary, if at all possible. Here, uh, Texas is looking first first six games of the year. I thought the secondary looked cohesive. It looked smart. They were playing well together. There, there may have been one or two busts that we didn't see. The last two games, the secondary is a clear um, problem for Texas, I would say. Um, Hunter Decker's made them look incompetent at times. Uh, and I think Spencer Sanders and Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy made them look incompetent at times without their best receivers uh, necessarily available for the entire game. Uh, your thoughts on on the Texas secondary and where they go from here, Justin? Yeah, you said it best. You know, they made Hunter Deckers look really good. We didn't expect that kind of a performance from Deckers. Uh, Spencer Sanders, I wasn't surprised. This guy's a four-year starter. Um, it was kind of fitting that, you know, he finally beats – I mean, he, get, he gets Texas on his senior night. Um, but – the secondary, I think what we're seeing is once you get to the second string and the third string, it's a drop. It's a pretty drastic drop. Jaron Thompson and Anthony Cook have played great football in 2022. Anthony Cook is not healthy. Jaron Thompson is kind of dinged up this morning. Um, Ryan Watts has been injured the last two games or, or not been able to play as much. A lot of mix and matching. This is one of those things where we've seen John A. Barron shifted over to corner because he's got such good cover skills, which is really helpful, you know, him coming from the star. But you take him away from that position and you put a true freshman there, which Jalen Gilbo's played well. My point is all that mixing and matching at some point, these coaches, especially a Mike Gundy and especially in the Big 12, are going to find your holes. They're going to find your tendencies. They're going to figure you out. For whatever reason, Texas decided not to cover the inside slant. For whatever reason, they just left it open. All you know what? Hey, I, I will say this: uh, in talking to Rod Babers in last night's uh, post game show, uh, he said that Texas does not play inside leverage on slants right now. They don't um, play any. They're, yeah, yeah, they're 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 not playing inside leverage. And he goes, "That's the book on Texas at this point, uh, coming out of that slot." Um, and you can see that. I mean, that's where that's where Spencer Sanders he had some real problems throwing the ball outside the hash, uh, other than the the wide receiver screen game. Right. He did not connect much. Nobody did on either side of the ball outside the hashes yesterday. Whether that's because of the wind or what whatever it was, uh, they they completed stuff over the middle. Um, but but that's that's far from the only issue. You know, giving up inside leverage is far from the only issue. Uh, Injuries, to your point, uh, are accumulating, right? Texas played most of the second half with a walk-on 
at star last night or one of the safeties, Michael Taffy. Uh, Keaton Crawford completely blew a coverage on uh, one of the touchdowns. Just let the receiver go on the inside uh, at the back of the end zone. Uh, otherwise, that play is very well covered. Um, Crawford's not coming up and being a better player at this point. He's tackling, but he's not actually covering well. And so you don't have – when Anthony Cook and or Jaron Thompson go out because of injuries, I, I think it's possible Cook has a broken hand is what I'm being told, or broken arm, broken trying arm. to run that down. Yeah. Um, when that's the case, Texas does not have a second reliable safety at this point. No. And, and that so was what, an issue what are the beginning of the year finding too? They wanted to make sure Jaron and Anthony, who finished strong last year, were kind of the guys, the incumbents coming in, but they were still looking in the portal. And that was the biggest indicator to me. Yeah. They they don't have a they don't have a sec, they don't have another safety right now. And that's going to be a problem depending on how they play coverages and, and whatnot the rest of the year, because uh you look at it um and you know. Guys like Ryan Watts uh, had a nice interception, by the way. Uh, really, I thought that of all the DBs, he played the best, but he went out on the very first play of the third quarter. Um, Deshaun Jameson uh, has had an up-and-down year. Um, I know uh, Eric Nalim thinks he, he may be a, 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 a all-Big 12 corner is what he said the other week. I, I just don't see it. Um, he is having – he's he gives up too much size. Uh, and he's and he's having problems tackling and bringing guys to the ground. And you, you saw what happened yesterday um, when uh, he gave up the big touchdown, uh, in part because Jaron Thompson didn't help finish the tackle, too. Um, I, I don't see a, a solution here, necessarily. Do you see any immediate solutions? Uh, do they move Jade Barron to safety um, and try somebody else and play Gilbo full-time at, at – uh, star or do they move hope taffy can do it what what are their what are the thoughts there justin about how they manipulate this because assuming anthony cook may be out for the rest of the season they're gonna have to be creative this is where pk earns his money this is where these coaches you know they have to earn their keep they're gonna have to get creative they're gonna have to move a few guys around this the scheme is gonna have to change a little bit they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be a little bit more adaptable uh, I guarantee you they're going to have to learn about that inside leverage. They're going to have to do some certain things like that. You know, when they do, when they play quarters and they play man press, I, I actually thought Keaton Crawford would do well at corner in that type of a system because he doesn't have as much to read. He doesn't have as much to work. And with Keaton Crawford, it's a lot like DeMarvion Overshone. You know, see ball, hit ball, outstanding. Anything more than that, you're, you're, you're kind of gambling somewhat. And so – it, they're gonna. It's just gonna be one of those things where you're gonna have to mix and match, like they've they've done the last two weeks. We've seen in the last two games, the second half, <laughs> the secondary looks nothing like it did to begin the game. Injuries have, have taken their toll, and we see why Texas is, you know, was still looking for a safety in the portal, and and you're always trying to find good corners. Um, going into the bye week is huge because this gives you 13 or 14 days to figure it out. This gives you 13 or 14 days to get healthier, to, to get Jaron back on the field, to get Ryan Watts back on the field, to get Jamison back in the right mind, to figure out where's the best spot to put Jade Barron, one of your best cover men, in the secondary, whether it be boundary corner, I mean, boundary safety, nickel, star, stuff like that. Get creative, get healthy, 
make sure they've got their confidence. Texas was was getting a pass rush. It didn't happen as much in the fourth quarter, I felt like. I felt like Sanders was getting the ball out a lot faster, and that was because he's well-coached. No, and, and they were throwing quick slants. That's uh, it. There, there was a, the key that's play. Yeah, the, the, one of the key plays of the game for Oklahoma State, no doubt, in the, in the fourth quarter, it was third and nine, and uh, they threw uh, – Texas got a good pass rush, and Spencer Sanders threw a, a, a little in route uh, to uh, uh, Paul John Paul Richardson uh, for a first down against Jalen Gilbo. Uh, and it was a bang-bang play. Is that the one that, where Overshone hit Gilbo? Yep, yep. And Gilbo ended up going out the rest of the game with that. Um, the, that was one of the plays of the game for them and uh, really set them going on their drive the very next play. I think uh, uh, the uh, – uh, the, the running back – uh, Ollie Gordon uh, caught the screen pass for about 14 yards and, and took it down the right sideline there and set up Oklahoma State in, in at least field goal territory. The, the reality of it is, is that Texas secondary uh, is part and parcel of why they're not getting off the field um, at, on third down. That's been a, a, a problem all season long, and it continues to be a problem. And until they get guys in that can run the system uh, and uh, play a little smarter, perhaps take a little bit different uh, uh, things away from from teams. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. But, uh, anyways, the secondary is Seth definitely uh, as uh, as we write there struggling for solutions. Uh, so, does Terrence Brooks start seeing time? Where what about these young safeties? It's clear that J.D. Coffee's not ready as well. He's a, he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, does B.J. Allen is he ready? Uh, Austin Jordan seen some time. What can he play? How can he help? Uh, and how smart are they? Because I think that what we're seeing at safety right now um, and being able to take it, uh, take the coaching is just as important in some ways, uh, especially when you're you're facing a sophisticated offense or an offense that is going to put some pressure uh, on safeties like uh, like what um, Oklahoma State's does uh, with some of their vertical game. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, um, Justin, I want to move on. Okay, Quinn Ewers, the Texas secondary, those have been two of them. Uh, the other one was was special teams. That Texas came to win. Jeff Banks, the, the special teams coach, earned his paycheck. Now, uh, I, taking away Burt Auburn's horrible miss, that was, that, that, that was the yips. That was as bad or worse than what he did against Alabama. Uh, with that shank right up on the 20-yard field goal. Um, but taking that away, they got a recovery on a punt. I'm still not sure if the guy touched the ball. Um, they got a ball downed at the one-yard line uh, by their punter. Xavier Worthy had a couple of nice returns. Keelan Robinson had a couple of nice returns. They blocked the punt. No Blackwell had in the block. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of those things add up. You win 80% of your games when you do that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Banks is getting earning his check every week. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, you look at it, uh, you look at the numbers here, 
Trejo averaged 54. He had one short punt uh, in the fourth quarter, Justin. The one that he that you needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did not play. The special teams did not play well in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, but let's let's be clear. I mean, uh, it's a situation where uh, they played really, really well and it could have affected the outcome of the game. For the second consecutive time, uh, second consecutive day, game, Texas got a blocked punt and did not really get a touchdown out of it. Uh, they did, I think, get a field goal out of this one. Um, what do you see as, like, Keelan Robinson, is he the key to this uh, special teams effort? Is it a team effort? Guys like Mo, ba- Mo Blackwell, et cetera? It's, well, it's, it's not just those guys. It's Keaton Crawford. I mean, check, check. I mean, his coverage skills on special teams are phenomenal. He's probably one of the best special teamers on the entire team. That one hit, uh, I believe, it was in the second half when he came down. He timed it right and, and he leveled uh, the, the punt returner for Oklahoma State. That's like a bull seeing red. I mean, and, and Crawford was almost was almost his hand was right there with Blackwell's on on the block. So it was almost a, a dual thing. Um, they're just playing winning football, Bobby. That's what's frustrating with Texas is that. When you do what you do on special teams, when you force these turnovers, when other teams make mistakes early, like the the you know the, the ball hitting hitting the OSU's uh, player's leg, that's winning football. You win seventy to eighty percent of the time when, when you do things like that, and that's kind of that piles onto the frustration. I think for for not only for the team but for fans because they see these play they see plays being made. They see playmakers coming out and making plays. You see Jeff Banks animated because he he sells the third phase of the game better than any coach in the country, and that is a fact. But you know, there's to me there's no but. I, I should say uh, Auburn's going to shank one. We knew that. That that's just part of it. He's new. Um, Trejo was a was a, a transfer, I believe, in late spring, early summer. Late uh, summer. Late, late summer. summer. Right, right, right. I think we're like Texas Wesleyan or somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, Jeff Banks, what he's done is got the most out of the people he's put in those spots because that's good coaching. And so when we're talking about breakdowns on, on the offensive side, I think Sark is accountable for a lot of what happened in the first, in, for the offensive side. We talk about breakdowns on the defense. I wouldn't put all that on PK, but something's not right with the secondary. But when we talk about the third phase on special teams – Texas is winning this. And listen, you block. I remember there was a couple seasons there where Mac Brown had guys blocking punts four or five times a year. And you it, it not only created those turnovers and created scoring opportunities, it, it gave them momentum. It, it, it usually would be a, a, a point that would knock the team down. It, it would be something where you took, you know, it was a 14 point swing in some, in some instances. And so, Give Banks credit. Give those guys credit. Trejo and Auburn, I know he missed one, but he also looks solid. Give him credit. Will Stone continues to put the ball out of the back of the end zone. And they're, I feel like they block a punt every week. I feel like Keelan Robinson shoots off that edge and is close every single week. And so if there's a, a, a positive takeaway, it's that Texas is not hurting themselves on special teams. They're, it's not something – We've seen in the past with a with a Charlie Strong or a Tom Herman where his special teams wound up beating them. It's not like that at all. It's playing winning football. It's playing high percentage football. You, you know, I, I know fans hate this word, but it's complimentary. It really is. 
And if you can get the offense and defense to sort of <laughs> to, to, to get to that same spot over the last two weeks, I think you'd have different results. Yeah, I think I think special teams as a po- is a positive as a takeaway from this game. Absolutely. The problem I have is you're using the term winning football. I don't think Texas played winning football yesterday, and the scores the score indicates that. Um, I'm talking about for the third yeah. in the third phase, but you're no, right. No, no, right. I agree. I agree you're that right. you're right. I mean, the, the the special teams was the player of the game, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, the reason I don't think Texas, I, and I want to encapsulate this as a whole thing that we've talked about: yours, the secondary, special teams. You know, Texas is not playing winning football overall in certain games, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this. You know, let's talk about the things overthrows. You meant we mentioned that, right? Um, I felt like yesterday one of the key aspects was going away from the run game in in the fourth quarter when you're moving the ball. Uh, you'd move the ball down the field, uh, ostensibly through the run, leaning on Bijan and Roshan. Yeah. Um, and then Steve Sarkeesian called a play action pass on second and seven and went for the, the jugular with Xavier Worthy. Small overthrow. Worthy couldn't adjust, whatever it was, right? Yes. All right. So then you're third and seven, you throw again, another incomplete, and then that led to Bert Arbor. To that point, they did they were leaning on Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson and having success getting the ball down the field finally. And Sark went away from it. Okay. In games, you have to feed the people that brung you. Bijan and Roshan were there, and and Texas did not keep feeding them and didn't get an opportunity to do it again because by that time, Oklahoma State was up by seven points the next time they got the ball, and Texas had to throw the football. So that's not winning football. And, and that may, is that on coaching or is that on uh, situations? I, I don't know. But that's not winning football as well as the overthrows as well as a poor play in the secondary. The last one, penalties. No, penalties. 14, 14 penalties uh, to zero. Um, 119 yards. Mike Gundy in his post-game press conference said 119 yards, that right there is the difference in the ball game. Um, those are things that add up. Uh, the Texas corners are getting called for pass interference an inordinate amount of time. They weren't called necessarily uh, in the second half, but in the first half they were uh, multiple times. Uh, the number of false starts, uh, obviously you're in a, uh, you're in a hostile atmosphere, not unlike Iowa state got called for him last week against Texas. So right. those are going to happen. It, it, it you know, not everybody's a road game in Stillwater is yes, exactly. Uh, the point that I'm getting at there though, uh, for you, Justin is those are things that Texas needs to work on. They, they can't they can't just let people walk down the field on them when they do get a uh, uh, a penalty called Oklahoma State had a, a hold call on a second and ten well you know Texas then gets even though they batted down the pass they get a roughing the passer call to negate that on Oklahoma State there there's got to be a situation where these these players understand they they got to play a cleaner game the hold on Christian Jones on Quinn Ewer's long run. 
I don't think that was a hold, Bobby. I, I don't I don't necessarily think it was either, and that's – In some instances, they call that a pancake. And I know D linemen that when they start to come down will wrap themselves around that guy and fall to make it appear like it's holding. I get it. It was called. You can't go back. But that was Bush League. Right. Well, here, here's the problem. It's still called. Yeah. And 14 to none is just – it's not winning football. You can say what you want. Now, Nick Saban had it happen to him last week against Tennessee. Um, I think he had a record 17 penalties. So when when you give up that much yardage, I mean, look at the total yardage right here, 523 to 535. Oklahoma State, I think three of their drives in the first half where they scored um, 24 points in the first half uh, were helped out by drive uh, by penalties. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I feel like Texas has to play better overall there um, or else it's going to be more more of the same things. All of this to say, that's not winning football. And, and it's going to be on the coaches and the players in this off week to, tech, to step up and bring it uh, because they've got some things to fix. At the same time, you know, I don't know that they're going to face 20-mile-an-hour gusts every week. I don't know that they're going to face um, three-man. Hey, they may face three-man fronts every week. They may face bracketed coverage from from uh, uh, their opponents every every week from here on. They've now seen that there are no there are no excuses going forward. Um, this is, and I and I say this about Quinn Ewers, and I say this about the secondary. There's no excuse to let a guy go by you anymore for Keaton Crawford if he's going to be the guy that replaces Anthony Cook. I mean, it, it's it's over. Michael Taffy, if you're even though you're a walk-on, you may be the guy, dude, because at least you're in the right spot. It, it's time for that sort of it, it they're they're three quarters away through the regular season. They're five and three. It's it's either they get it done right now or they're going backwards. And I don't think that I talked to Rod Babers about this post game, Justin. I don't feel like this team is going backwards right now. I feel like they're struggling and figuring out what it takes to win. Um, your, your thoughts on Oklahoma State, your thoughts on the Texas program right now, and what I'm talking about not playing winning football uh, for this period of time. I, I love what you just said. They're they're not they're not moving they're they're not moving backward like last year. At least that was the sense you'd get, especially in the second half. They're, they're figuring out how to move forward, and and that I, that was a really good way to put that. Um, it, the best thing I, I think one of the best takeaways from this from, from this game was the post game talking to the players. Getting you know I, I gather all the transcripts when Joe Cook's there, and and I go through every word that these players say and. A couple of years ago, this wouldn't have these guys wouldn't have been saying this stuff, but you could hear it. You know, Bijan was adamant. Bijan Robinson had a, a, an incredible game, almost 200 total yards, a couple scores. Like the guy had an incredible game, and all he could talk about was they, him, and Rashawn have to continue to be leaders and figure out what's going on. And the first thing they wanted to do was go and go assure their quarterback. We can't do this without you. We can't get to that next level. To me, that's progress. They didn't have that leadership before. To me, that that's a big thing. Now, 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When Rashawn and Bijan are gone in January, essentially, that's going to be a big hole. But to finish this season strong, to finish this in an upward trajectory, which they've been going, and I feel like they're still going in that upward trajectory. You're just – you're literally trying to figure out every little – thing along the way there needs to be that accountability step like you said Michael Taft might be you know it might be a walk-on but he's usually in position he usually knows where to be and he usually knows the angles and so there's a meritocracy there where well he's gonna play there because he's shown that he's learned it there's some guys on that back end I wish had more of that I wish there was more of that from JD Coffee and BJ Allen and Keaton Crawford and, and, and those guys. I think Terrence Brooks is a guy that's probably going to get some more run. He's had great practices the last few weeks. I feel like Austin Jordan is smart enough to where he could be playing one of those safety spots uh, as well, but he's also a freshman. He's also trying to learn a uh, corner. And so I, I think they don't want to put too much on him. Ultimately, like you said, they're, they're just trying to figure that out. The biggest key for them, you know, it, it, I hate them losing going into a bye week. Not, not as much as they do. But, man, you, you've got to hate that. But it really gives you – you know, it's better than going in with a false sense of, of where you're at. It's better than that. It's going in with, okay, you got two weeks to get ready for a really rough stretch. Going to Kansas State. Get TCU at home. Get Baylor at home. Going to Kansas, which is not a pushover. Jason Bean looks pretty good. That's four games that they're going to really have to play well. They're going to have to play better than they did against Iowa State. They're going to have to play better. Getting penalties, knocking that down is going to be huge. We didn't even talk about this. They're still not getting off the field on third downs. And to me, I think that's been a symptom almost the entire season. That's 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 a cold they haven't cured yet. And, and so that's something else they have to focus on. But it, you, you nailed it. There's a trajectory there. It's not like last year where they weren't, where they felt like they were one step forward, two steps back. Right now, it's it's maybe a little bit of quicksand. You know, you're doing a little, maybe you're doing a little too much to, to, to try to get that extra step out. And by doing that, you're creating quicksand. It, it's a mental thing, too. You and I, Bobby, you and I know this. It's such a mental thing with these young guys to, to kind of get over that hump. Just if I'm a Texas fan, I know there's a lot of solace in B. John Robinson and Rashawn Johnson coming up on Sunday morning in that locker room, ready to work, ready to get prepared for the next game in two weeks. That's when you see the program continue to move forward. Yeah. Well, Longhorn's going to need it because uh, they need their leadership uh, to, to get through this. Uh, Texas is uh, in a situation right now, they're five and three, three and two in conference uh overall uh and so uh the longhorns uh still have four games remaining in this season uh, i know that doesn't seem like much uh but uh they're they're still they're still going uh we'll see how it turns out here uh they are getting better quinn ewers is going to get better uh he's going to see more things that are going to flummox him i mean this is his freshman year you're playing a freshman quarterback hey, used to that you know right um but i've got know, one more point yes 
this will, at least we can stop with the whole 40% chance making the playoffs. When the national media does that, it drives us in the market absolutely crazy because there's no way in hell this team was going to make a playoff in 2022. We've written that. I, at least we can get Joel Klatt and who I have tremendous respect for in this national media to stop. Stop, yeah. stop with that in the middle of a game that they wound up losing. Yeah. Let's get away from that. Let's get back to the real perspective. And that's you got two weeks to go to Manhattan, Kansas, which is not an easy place to play and figure out. But and that's a, another thing. They go to Manhattan and win, Bobby. This loss is disappears a little bit more. And it really cranks them up for TCU because if this team can beat Kansas State and then when they bring up when TCU comes to Austin, if they can pull out that win, TCU might still be in the top 10 at that point. This game won't see won't seem so bad. Oh, TCU is going to be in the top 10 when they come to Austin. I, I think they're on a roll right now. All right. Um, thank you, Justin Wells. Thank you to Tim Rodman of Bertolotis Rodman, the law firm. At Bertolotis Rodman, it's about the relationships. The full service firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of a startup to complex negotiations with larger companies. To every contract needed in between, Bertolotis Rodman develops lasting, meaningful relationships that put their clients first. Justin, before I let you go, you, you mentioned Kansas State. You mentioned this off week. Texas coach is going to be on the road this week. Yes. Um, they've already got a pretty full class. How 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 important is the portal for their success next year? I mean, I can tell you right now, they need a safety. No, no matter what, they need, they need a defender at each level on defense from the portal. How important is it? It's more important than how this class finishes. The because class. we're going into year three next year, and they're losing over a thousand pounds of interior defensive line. How much? Rubble says 1,100 pounds of interior defender. The portal is Im immensely important on the defensive side. And, and I'll even say this, and, and I'm, I'll leave it at that. I, one more thing. This was a game, and I've said this before, that Isaiah Nayor would have killed. His injury changed the entire complexity of what this offense could be. Getting him back next year, good Lord. You just don't – you're not going to have it with the combo of Bijan and Rashawn. But, yeah, the portal, I think it's more important. And, and you still go go to the high schools. You still comb, you still comb the, you know, the recruiting rosters. You still – try to finish this class well. You try to find maybe some uh, some juniors, sophomores or juniors that could be offers and, and guys you pursue down the road. But this class is almost done. You, you nailed it. it. It's almost wrapped up. The more important thing is what happens in the portal in that first, second week in December. Gotcha. All right. Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. You can find his commentary as well as mine at InsideTexas.com. It's the source uh, for Longhorn football news and recruiting uh, Justin, I appreciate your time on this Sunday morning. You have a good one today, bud, okay? 10-4.